from the trenches. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Trenches, real life in the accounting industry. I'm David Boyer from SQL CFO. Joined with me is Paul Meister from Freedom Mentoring. We are brought to you by BGL, Australia's number one corporate compliance and superannuation software. We hope you're enjoying our weekly emails and show notes prepared to us by Ivan, our virtual executive assistant working at the outsourced accountant. If you're not getting them, head to fromthetrenches.com.au and sign up for our weekly show notes and newsletter. Occasionally some special offers. If we get any, go check it out. Paul Meisner. Thank you, David. Hello, listeners. Hello, all. Welcome to another week. Got our best and worst episode. Uh, so much content. God, content everywhere. Uh, more, more best than worsts. What's happening, David? I must be. We must be softening. I'm softening anyway. Let's get stuck into it, David. What is your, uh, what is your best on ground? We hear from you very often, Paul Meisner, whenever you're sitting there bored and desperate for some social media love, you put out something clickbait, like... Clickbait, David. It's, clickbait. it's pure clickbait. I'm glad you're admitting it. There's no new technology. Tell me one bit of technology that impacts small business and accountants. And invariably, you... Nobody uh, comes up with anything. No, because they're... Well, but, but nobody comes up with anything, but there's actually heaps. Absolutely heaps. No, there isn't. Well, there is. I'll give you, I'll give you three examples right okay. now. First of all... Microsoft Excel, you can now take a photo of a P of anything and it will convert it into an Excel sheet. Can you show me that? I haven't seen that. I'll show it to you after. Thank you. Um, cool. Brilliant. Also on Microsoft, you can link to a website and it will scrape data out of tables and put it into Excel. Why is it people talking about this? See, this, this is why I... But actually, this, and this is an honest thing. This is all... When I ask... It gets it descends into this thing of oh, you're wrong. Oh, there's heaps. There's actually no one that goes. You know what? Here are five things I found. I found good. That's all I want. That's all I'm. Well, they're two things. That's all I'm fishing they're, for. They're two things for me. But it also proves as well that all, so many answers are in Excel. We just don't train ourselves up on it properly. We just complain that it doesn't do things. But here's one in particular, Paul, that I picked up off the BGL website because I actually read this month's BGL newsletter that I get. Uh, it's published by ASAP Accountant Scarlet Advice Platform. And the article talks about how actuaries have drawn on their experience in fintech to solve an actuarial certificate problem. So the actuarial certificate from Superfund Paul, it's been a long time since I've done this, so correct me if I'm technically off. You get an actuarial certificate essentially to say that certain rules were complied with in the fund based, well, it's on, based date, on a it's percentage. It's driven on income in and pension payments out. Right. Yes. So what they've done is they say, we approached the fintech approach, which was about creating... Uh, creating information live as it happens rather than waiting to the end to streamline the actual certificate process. So, for example, if, if somebody, and the example they give in this article, if the member's age changes during the year and their contributions change, their actuarial system automatically detects that there's been a change and sends a message to whoever needs to know to say, hey, there's an issue here, fix it right now. Don't wait until the end yeah. of the year yeah, perfect. when it comes in. I thought a great. I imagine that's a really good use case. But what I particularly liked was that that an actuarial firm, which I wouldn't expect to be super progressive, Paul, even though they're all very smart people, uh, applying new thinking and have come up with a product and a solution 
um, that I do think is a new piece of technology that I do think changes the experience of the customer of the accountant and the customer of the actuarial form being the accountant. I, and this is and this is where I, I'm with you, Dave. Like there are examples. Clearly, it seems that in online debate, people can't actually go. <laughs> they just talk about in theory. Um, it's true. Which it's which true. was exactly what I'm kind of like it's case true. in point. Like just just point form will be fine. <laughs> just just give me a hack. I'm I'm, I'm happy. Look, I think this is and this is exactly what you want to see. This is just tech being used to ink to uh, improve the. Experience, absolutely, for uh, hints, for uh, notifications, preempting when somebody hasn't met a minimum, has met a minimum, rather than waiting till the end. Uh, I don't know whether, do you know whether this blog is in their system or whether it's embedded in BGL? I'm not sure. Don't know. Yeah. So, because we've got something coming up, David, in one of the bests or worsts, talking about when tech features get embedded in bigger programs rather mm. than tech in smaller. Uh, oh. I, I, I like it, David. It's still uh, The data still needs to be right, but I do like where it's going. I'm actually just going to chuck in, listeners, a link to the Microsoft Converting Photo to Data uh, in our show notes. So you, you can just check that out and have a look. Done. Okay. Next. Uh, you Big, you had another one? Yeah, Microsoft. Well, well, let's, let's lead into it. Let's lead into it. So this is the issue. So huge, a lot of press this week about Microsoft Teams is going to absolutely destroy Slack and certainly is already ahead on the amount of users that are using Microsoft Teams. Great, nice headline. Microsoft's going to kill Slack. Here's a few reasons why. Number one. Slack is struggling to get out of the industries where it started, mainly being tech industries. And there was an article on that about it's where it got its money from or its user data. Yeah, yeah which, which is a great... Uh, somebody wrote a great article on who their clients are. They're mostly tech firms and tech companies. And within the accounting world, Paul, it's definitely the more tech-savvy accountants and bookies who are using Slack. It's not getting mainstream use. Definitely not. The reason why Microsoft's killing them and, and probably has a much better growth path is at enterprise level, everyone uses Microsoft and mm. most businesses still run on email. So if Teams is just already there and it's already embedded in the platform that we're using, it's much easier to say, well, we're going to use this now rather than implement something new. The next level issue that you brought up is for all of these startups who solve very particular best of breed problems, you made a comment that I think I agree with, which is you either need to find out a way to be acquired or somebody's just going to write new code. So not steal your IP, but just steal your features it, and, and, and do it themselves. And, and they've already got the client relationship. And this is really, this is really interesting because these small add-ons tend to be the ones preaching to accountants about who owns the relationship and, and don't let tech own the relationship. They have such an extremely small part of the client relationship that they should read arguably some of their own blogs, David, and then that, that might uh, that might help them. I think there's some real issues in terms of... Um, it, it's long been, ever since uh, Zero burst onto the screen nine years ago and Rod over, Rod Drew's over the years talked about this concept of best of breed versus one system. I think we've been very good at going into that separated um, 
best of breed, bolt together systems. I reckon there's a lot of app fatigue and I think Slack will find it. I've been using Slack a little bit, David. It's not where my natural systems are. I live in email. I live getting me out of that. I still don't know how the channel works. I'm in a, I'm in a Slack group organization, whatever it is, arguably with people who have used Slack a lot. And even we're not using it. <laughs> our our direct one-on-one, which I would call like an email channel, is the most popular. I can't, I still can't find anything. I just basically go back to my email because the search is is better. You know, when the big players, I think there's the we are moving back to this bigger players bringing in these smaller features, and that's when it becomes really useful. It's going back to where the user is being in this bigger platform, being at Microsoft, being at wherever, rather than saying, well, we've got a cool feature, but you've got to live in a separate system. I'm not sure we ever nailed that true system integration. Um, we did in terms well, of data, but we haven't but- necessarily in terms of using experience. You don't know which app you're going to. Like, which am I... I've got some I've got some chat in here. I've got some chat in there. I don't know. The, um, I agree, and, and, and a lot of the uh, Zapier fans out there will say, well, Zapier can help you do this stuff. I've got to be honest, I don't have time to mess around with Zaps. Yeah. I'm not doing it. I'm not interested. It's too hard. Uh, but very interesting stuff from Microsoft Teams and the Slack race. There's a the article that we've got in our show notes. Uh, the author talks about this being straight out of Microsoft Playbook. They launched Power BI to compete with Tableau, which was more expensive, and Microsoft just used the Microsoft Office 365 distribution platform to undercut Tableau on price. And even though Power BI wasn't at rich, it really had a, an impact on Tableau's share price at the time. Of course, Tableau recently sold to Salesforce to an ungodly amount of money. So didn't hurt him that much. Um, oh yeah, all ends. You know, it, it, but I wonder if it did right. in user data. Anyway, interesting. All right. Anyway, what do you... Uh... Well, yeah, no, up to you, mate. That's it for me. That's that, best for me. That's it for you. i got a couple. Um, Judo Capital, obviously, we will declare, uh, sponsored our start of year party. Um, so paid we'll a, for it. We didn't take a cent, Paul. No, sorry, exactly. Yeah, paid for it. Put on the drinks and the wonderful offices. So, and we do like him, Joseph Healy. Obviously, his interview is dropping today. One of the things that impressed me on your lunch series with SQL CFO was they, Frank and the team, talked about their um, requirement that all of their bankers went through the Finzia Financial Services Institute of Australasia through their professional banking qualification their post-grad qualification to uh, a full banking qualification. Judo, I've got their first seven graduates. Um, I don't know about you, David, but the last time I was sold a home loan was from a, a, a bank teller, I think, or, or someone who's sort of saying, when every time I walk into the bank, I seem to be sold some sort of investment product. So very good, and I think it's, it's always good to highlight that, um, the professionalism at which Judo are putting into their banking into their staff and staff training. Professionalism is an answer for a lot of our established industries that are under pressure. I think, I hope you see it in franchising. I hope you see it in aged care as the results of the Royal Commission came out. It definitely happened in education after the Royal Commission to child abuse came out. And this is a great example of somebody walking the talk. Because, I mean, I'm dealing with bank staff who are doing loans. It's the, You're not dealing with the, the people who have been trained to that level. They're, yeah. they're form-filling. One of the people who graduated this, Ben Tuzinski, who's a banker at Judo and has come to some of those lunches that we've been hosting. I actually went to school with Ben and we worked at NAB together. So maybe we might get him on the show to talk about 
Like, what? Is, like, why does this What's matter? Yeah, yeah, is this just like because some courses are just certificates? You don't actually learn anything. And like. I think for, you know, for me, this is kind of like the CA. You know, the, the CA program is sort of. Do you want to have people who are out there doing giving business advice if they haven't gone through that level? And the answer should be no. Uh, second best on ground for me, uh, the Tax Practitioners Board. They had a they via stealth. Uh, clandestine popped out out of nowhere. They wanted to uh, and uh, they wanted to bring in a seventy-two hour complaint resolution program where they committed to any complaint made about a tax agent would be dealt with by the TPB in seventy-two hours. Seventy-two hours. Yeah, which was an internal metric. I think the problem and one of the reasons this fell over was more that they then wanted to mandate that the member or the agent then had a very short time with which to turn it round. So the TPB would turn it around 72 hours, but then said that the agent had to resolve it really quickly as well. The interesting thing for me, David, is that one, the TPB have pulled the plug on their six-month trial. Secondly, the reason, and we don't hear this often, I am uh, often very vocal in saying that the professional bodies haven't jumped to the aid of the smaller agents the professional bodies pushed back against this, said that it uh, was undue burden. Um, there was also a comment about there about they weren't consulted. Wonder how much that played in the price uh, or played in, in what their feelings were. But for them to say, hey, look, you know, you've got to consider the needs of the agent. You've got to consider the needs of our members. So well done to the professional bodies on uh, pushing back against that and hopefully being a bit more consultative, not just with the professional bodies, but with the agent community in general. Um, I'll tell you what, the fact that people thought that a 72-hour resolution... Like, I'm all for dealing with, with resolutions promptly. Business is getting tough, isn't it, Paul? 72-hour resolution? Like, but, resolve. But, was, but then also the TPB were forcing the practitioner to resolve the complaint within three business days. Jeez. Now, if if... If you've got a client that's complaining about you as the agent, how are you going to then resolve it in three business days? It's funny because, like, this is the one of the one of the things that makes a profession a profession. First of all, having a, a dispute resolution process outside of the firm, but geez, that is quick to resolve it. Not just handle it. Not just it, uh, like responding within three days. Completely fine. fair enough. Fine, but. I mean, we've all been in disputes. I've never had a dispute. Once it gets to dispute stage, they're not resolved that quickly. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's just that's just unworkable. So look, frankly, if they if they haven't if they haven't uh, gone to the professional bodies or gone to uh, the general market, then I, I think the process for me is working and well done to the professional. Business is getting tough, mate. It is, but these things have to be done in a consultative manner. I'll other way the ATO have done it. Anyway, let's move to. Worst on ground. Hack. Hack. Yeah, big ish. I'm calling it. Uh, my MYOB had a problem. They sent the wrong payment summaries to the wrong people. It, absolutely a problem. Can you imagine being in it? And I don't know if there were people at the same work environment, the same company, but can you imagine getting the group certificate and finding out what somebody else in your company got paid? Not good. All sorts of privacy, absolutely privacy breaches. You've got the TFN gets breached as well. Um, it's it's really not a good thing and it is a problem when technology breaches occur. This one's very relatable one because everyone listening to this understands the process of issuing payment summaries. We know they're important. We understand the content and we know the company that this breach has occurred to. 
it, it really got got a fair amount of attention on social media and in accounting publications generally, as it should. It's a pretty bad breach. But it got shut down very, very quickly and only 220 payment summaries were sent to the incorrect person. Now, I really do stress only. For those 220 people, it's a big deal. For the people in those companies, it's a really big deal. In the scheme of data breaches, this is barely a blip. And we have our heads in the sand about how many data breaches there are and how big they are. It's just that it's not usually about how much we earn in our tax file number. So, but, but they are, it is about things that people could be used to steal our identities. And I'll, there'll be a link in the show notes to webinsurance.com.au's list of data breaches this year. Like, it is huge. Australian National Unity had a breach um, where government employees could have been compromised and they blamed China for the, like, China infiltrating employee data at the Australian National University. It's a big deal. Um, Microsoft uh, had a had an issue as well. Instagram um, had um, had two privacy breaches in a week. Like think about the amount of stuff you've got about yourself and your social media profiles. Um, Twitter's had one as well. They accidentally shared user location data with advertising partners. Well, that's deliberate. That was probably monetized. Yeah, probably. And then, they, and then, and then obviously, obviously, let's get back to the mild bit. For, but, yeah. but, but I just I want that we should have some awareness. I think of how bad some of the data breaches are out there. MYB, I think to their credit, shutting it down so it only impacted two hundred twenty. I hope that they've got procedures and controls around what happens when this occurs but i think we in our accounting world made a bigger deal out of it versus other data breaches because we were so close to this content well look i I think the the australian and new zealand uh, accounting industry tends to have this which color are you kind of thing i mean i've never subscribed to that david we we try to be quite impartial here I think if if it was if it wasn't tax file number data, if it wasn't the potential to say telling the person who's at the next desk what you earn and what they earn, I, j- I just think it, it's if it wasn't that if it wasn't the type of data, then arguably this this gets it, it wasn't it wasn't um, someone getting the wrong supplier invoice or or invoice. It was it was a payment it was a payment summary. Absolute kudos for shutting it down. Now, let's also note that they shut down their um, all of their systems that could otherwise have this issue. They shut down their, their help phone calls. This was very disruptive. This was decisive and swift action to limit the damage to 22 people. Certainly feel sorry for the 22. Hopefully, there's a lot of them that didn't otherwise open their emails because we know what the open rates of emails are like. So let's not let's not necessarily uh, jump to the conclusion that all two, two 120 got opened and framed and used for nefarious um, nefarious purposes. Nefarious. Um, but look, full credit for them to make swift action, shut down a lot of systems and make sure it didn't work. But geez, tax file number and, and wage data, ouch. Not good. Uh, my next worst on ground, I think I've had a glimpse as to what marketing at the bottom end of the income tax uh, individual reporting uh, segment of the market looks like. Now, the market is huge. You do have cheap you know, $99 I return preparers out there. Ozbargan, um, the Australian deals website, had a post. Um, tax accounting, bookkeeping services, 10% off because it's tax season. And I thought, okay, interesting. off because it's tax season. Like at the same time, this is the busiest time of year. This is when you're going to get it. Why would you be discounting 
right now. I don't think H&R block discounts or income tax professionals do it now. Um, but anyway, there's, a, there's a, a special code that you type in when you go to this platform called anytimeprofessionals.com.au and you can get 10% off the preparation of your accounting. Anytime Professionals isn't a firm, it's a platform where people put up saying, I need my tax return done, and then tax agents out there can go and essentially bid for the work. Just like 99designs, Fiverr, it's it's that for um, bookkeeping and accounting professionals. But how do I know this is the bottom of the market? Here's some of the questions for people who are seeking work. I need to do several years' worth of tax returns. 2016 to 2019 tax return lodgement. Uh, help with previous year's tax returns. Previous year tax help. I'd say fifty percent of the posts that I can see on the page are people have multiple years overdue. Yeah. This is what marketing at the bottom end seems to be, Paul. Look, I mean, there's certainly a place for it. I think people do go uh, to these platforms. It, it makes it makes pricing. It makes valuing yourself as a professional. Uh, more and more important. You do hope that they have uh, robust checks on letting on letting professionals in, checking qualifications, checking registers, which I, I presume I presume they do. I'm not. I don't mind David in terms of if people for me if clients are looking for the bottom price, then they're not they're not the clients I want. You know, I haven't met too many accountants that are too are too busy to need to take on everything. I think historically we've been bad at taking on too much work. I get the feeling that there's a lot of people out there who do feel like they get what they pay for. And there's been yeah. some high-profile firms, David, that have been very low cost. I've lost a few to them, got more than more than I've lost back from them uh, in terms of, yeah, well, the, uh, the price was commensurate with the experience. What about you, mate? Worst on ground. Worst on ground... Um, Scams, they're just getting more and more sophisticated. Uh, This was uh, Navid King, a senior tax lawyer at King Lawyers, uh, posted on LinkedIn a copy, a screen grab of the email from the Australian Taxation Office, had good logos, had looked very very legit. The only difference was the email came from ato.com.au, not ato.gov.au. I, I mean, how... Uh, how would anyone know, mate? But but how how people are allowed to register those domain names or use those domain Good names point, or, actually, yeah. or ghost on them is beyond me. Like, I just... I don't know why at government level. You know, and we're thinking MyGov, we're thinking Centrelink, we're thinking healthcare organisations. How in this day and age of technology that federal police or otherwise aren't um, aren't on top of this. I know you can register domain name domain names. Wow, in uh, in multiple jurisdictions. But people, please be uh, be aware of it. Anyone offering? Um, in fact, there was a great. I should uh, I should find it. In fact, I'm going to put it on next next week. Remind me, David. I'm throwing it out there. There was a great. I'm actually going to say it was from Ahmed Fahur. Um, the ex-CEO of OzPost, he put a 10-point plan for uh, warding yourself against scam, checking the grammar, checking the URL, although I agree with you, that URL was close. Um, In terms of tax, 
75% of individuals lodge, lodge through a tax agent, 98% of businesses. If you see something, um, tell your clients just that to be aware and that they can just check through you and you can get it on the online services with agents. But they the, the scams are getting more and more, uh, more and more sophisticated. It's a real concern. Uh, that is it for us this week. Is it Paul? You got one more thing? No, I think that's it. That's it? Oh, that, well, you can see that on uh, all of our notes in our show notes that you can get. Head to fromthetrenches.com.au, jump online and get access to our newsletter. Thanks again for listening to an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners, so you can reach out if you've got feedback or story ideas. Get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter at PaulMeissner underscore or on LinkedIn, Paul Meissner. I'm on Twitter at David Boyar, B-O-Y-A-R, on LinkedIn, David Boyar.